And it is the Saturday Coffee Clutch with Heather Lofthouse and yours truly, Robert Reich. I have my coffee right here too, Heather. What? Orange and orange? Well, it's, wow. it's sort of an orange mug. Wow. Uh, but, but listen, there's a lot to, lot to talk about this week in particular, and you're going to guide it. What are the What are the topics that you've decided on? Are you ready? Let me I'm take ready. a deep breath. I'm ready when you are. Trump fraud trial verdict. Oh, the good Hush one. Money. Hush money trial. Let's talk about that. The former FBI informant who has been caught lying. Alexei Navalny, who has died in prison. Let's talk about him. Wars around the world. Horrible, horrible. Ukraine, Gaza. Should I, the House, the GOP is, you know, stopping doing anything? I mean, should I go on or is that enough for you? No, I think, I think let's stop right there. Enough stop. of so, stuff to talk about. So let's start with the Trump fraud trial. So the judge, or is he a justice? Uh, he's and actually officially in the New York state system, uh, he's called a justice, but you can call him a judge. I will give you permission. Really? That was, okay. that, was a, that was a verdict. I mean, a lot of people expected it. Uh, $355 million yep. against yep. Donald Trump. Uh, but the judge was obviously angered as well by the behavior of Trump and his sons, the Trump Organization as a whole, uh, you know, we've heard this before from judges that are dealing with Donald Trump. There is no contrition, there is no uh, apology, there is no sign of of any uh, any regret. And I think that this particular judge just really could not stand it. Right, Angeron. And so you said three hundred fifty-five million, which is a lot of money, by the way. And then also, he cannot do business, nor can his two sons, eldest sons, in the state of New York for three years. What else? Well, there's also a special master, a particular person who's going to monitor uh, the Trump organization for the next few years and going to be the kind of eyes and ears of the judge. So it's not as if uh, Trump is getting is getting off. It's not no. exactly... It's not exactly a, um, uh, you know, he, he's he's not medical. Uh, medical, he's he he can he can walk around, um, and he still has all of his assets uh, in terms of all of his real estate. Uh, but his cash position, given this and also the aging Carroll verdict, which is about eighty three million, he's going to put up a bond. Uh, you know, he was going to appeal both of these cases. He's in the process of appealing Eugene Carroll, but he's going to have to put up a bond for all of this. Uh, And so his cash position is going to be very stressed. Now, I love that he has to be chaperoned (laughs) by the court. And when you said he's going to be, have a monitor, I mean, for a nanosecond, I was picturing an ankle bracelet. (laughs) No, no, not an ankle bracelet. He's going to have a monitor. A Uh, human monitor. uh, You know, this is an example, Heather, of a a case that uh, most of us really don't care a huge amount about. I mean, I'm glad in a way that if he committed fraud, he is certainly answerable to the fraud. Uh, but this is a mile away from uh, the insurrection, uh, you know, the, the, the January 6th, the mob, the, uh, his attempt to overthrow uh, the 2020 uh, election. I mean, right. my worry, I don't know if you're worried about this, my worry is that the further we get away from uh, yeah. what should be the center focus 
of, of uh, public concern, uh, the easier it is for Trump to create a fog, you know, like a fog of war. It's a fog okay. of campaigning and a fog of, of litigation. Right. And I do think it's hard to list things and rank them in terms of moral horribleness or, you know, wrongitude, whatever you want to call it. But it's interesting that, yeah, this one compared to the other things we're looking at, but it is so much money. I mean, so you'll think he'll put up a bond. That is, I mean, and this is accountability. So we'll take it, we'll take it, we'll take it. Hush but, but, money. But it's, it's interesting. And you're going to hear a lot about what I'm going to say now. And that is that this is a fraud uh uh, decision where there is really no harm. That is, the banks who were defrauded right. are are saying that they are in fine shape. Uh, right. This is a this is a very peculiar fraud uh, right. statute uh, in New York, and um, and we're going to hear a lot about the fact that nobody was harmed. Now, obviously, if you commit fraud, if you're telling your investors one thing and you're telling the banks another thing, and you're telling, I mean, it's it's obviously it is F R A U D. It's not, it is fraud. Uh, but um, without a somebody who is actually harmed, uh, it it becomes a little bit of a second order issue. Right, and he'll be slippery about it, of course, and you know, in all the ways. It's so interesting. Yeah, fraud. But here's the thing. He's a liar. This is an example of lying. This is an example of overvaluing. This is an example of not telling the truth. This is an example of not telling the truth on documents where you swear you told the truth. So that's a positive thing. Well, it's a positive thing, absolutely, that he's being held accountable for not telling the truth. But can you imagine, Heather, what we know about this man? in terms of his entire career, not just his political career, but his business career, you know, uh, basically stiffing contractors and, 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 and signing documents that really he should never have signed. And, and basically um, not telling the truth is a mild way of putting it. He is a consummate liar and he's been right. lying his way through his entire career. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we have so many more trials to be on the lookout for. Espionage, January 6th attack. But so the hush money trial, it was announced that 325, March 25th, we'll be hearing things. What is your assessment and, and of that? The worry I have about this, now I don't want to be the, the person who reigns on all these parades, uh, but the worry I have is that this date the 325, it's going to just push all of the other trials later and later, uh, which is the major strategy of Trump's lawyers with regard to the, the big one, uh, the, uh, you know, over, overturning or trying to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, right. If you can push it beyond uh, June or, or certainly in the middle of the, of the primaries or in the middle of, I mean, what they really want is to, is to have all this in the middle of the conventions during the yeah. summer uh, so that uh, the trials become and the big trial becomes part of the, you know, part of the campaign, the election the campaign, the, the, right. the actual the general yeah. campaign. Right, right, right. And then, of course, we saw, too, that this FBI informant, I think his name was Alexander Smirnoff, um, lying. Can you imagine that? Lying. Well, <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I mean, an informant named Smirnoff. Yes, Smirnoff. Yeah, no, it's right out of central casting. But I mean, horrible lying about both Bidens, right? The 
father and the son and their involvement in Ukrainian business. This is not good. Now it comes out how much damage has already been done. Uh, and this is a, a good example of how, uh, you know, a special prosecutor, actually the special prosecutor in this case, did what he should do. Uh, the minute he found out, I assume, uh, that this FBI informant was, uh, you know, was a renegade, uh, was, was rogue, uh, he reported it and the FBI reported it. But it, it is disturbing that you can get this far into a, an alleged uh, conspiracy uh, and the the effects on your family that may be, and the effects on on Hunter Biden and on his father, the president. I mean, can you imagine anything worse than this drug going on and on and on and on? Mm. And Fox News for how long has been leading with this headline? I mean, talk about Fox that. News, Fox News has lived off of this headline. I mean, uh, you know, they've been, they've been talking about Hunter Biden for what, a year and a half or two years? Um, or maybe even just before the election. I mean, Hunter Biden has been the the major, you look it up, I, I did a, a little bit of a search. There were 340 references to Hunter Biden this year on Fox News. Mm. It's so typical and it's such clickbait and it's so, I don't know, base, basic. Okay, so Alexei Navalny, opposition leader in Russia, has died in prison. We saw that. Speaking well, I, of I saw it, and, and not only is it a, obviously, Heather, a terrible tragedy horrible. for uh, his family and for the opposition in Russia to the extent that there was or has been an opposition uh, and a terrible tragedy for the Russian people, but it's a terrible tragedy uh, for the world uh, because you have courageous opposition leaders who are uh, being slaughtered. I mean, this man, you know, he was, from what we know, he was uh, perfectly fine uh, 24 hours before he was reported to have died. Right. And, uh, and, and I was, we were speaking about Fox News a moment ago. Tucker Carlson, uh, when in seeing the praises of Putin, just last week was saying that, you know, to be a true leader, you might have to kill some people. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I mean, God. I, so, right. I, it's so, and President Biden has said he thinks Putin was behind it. I mean, a lot of people have said that, and it's horrific. But the fact that, yeah, we didn't even talk on the clutch about how Tucker invited Vladimir Putin onto his show for an hour and kind of giggled and just hung out with him, basically. Um, but yeah, leadership. I took a leadership class with you. I don't remember the killing. The killing. You did. You did. And you, you did get an A minus, as we all know, oh, uh, one of the highest in the class. Uh, but uh, the notion that the, the whole notion of leadership, I mean, we're, we're going into President's Day weekend. Um, yeah. I think that uh, it, it is worth pausing for a moment and thinking, what do we mean by leadership? Uh, and uh, too often we just assume that these people like Putin or Trump or Netanyahu are leaders because they have official authority, but they're not exercising leadership uh, in any moral sense of the term. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, what else while I have you? <laughs> while we all have you. So I guess... Um, in terms of, so talking about Russia makes me think about Ukraine and the, and we're about to have, you know, anniversaries of the invasion, which I can't believe yet again, but what is happening in DC? I mean, the house is 
out to lunch? What is happening with the GOP? Well, it's, it's out, but it's a complete abdication of uh, any kind of authority. Uh, what we've seen in the House is basically uh, the leadership is bowing to Trump's demands and not coming up with any kind of border security bill or any kind of aid to uh, Ukraine. Uh, and this is what Trump wants. Trump wants no aid to Ukraine because Trump has been, you know, is one of Putin's most uh, kind of reliable benefactors and, and allies. Uh, and Trump doesn't want the border issue uh, to evaporate because right. there's agreement be between Republicans and Democrats on the border. And even though this is exactly what the Republicans were saying, we want some border controls, they came up with very strict border controls, and now the Republicans have left town. I mean, literally left town. Right, 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 right. Um, and then in terms of what's happening, you had such a powerful piece this week on Substack about Gaza, and Inequality Media Civic Action asked you to record it as a video, and you did, so it really got out there. But what inspired you to write that? I mean, it's just the fact that it's continuing and the numbers keep going up. Can you talk about that piece with us? Well, it's, it's, it is getting worse. Uh, and the, uh, you know, the, the entire world is saying to Netanyahu, uh, just please exercise some restraint, allow humanitarian aid in, uh, let's have some sort of a ceasefire, uh, let's not uh, continue to uh, kill uh, innocent people uh, in huge numbers. I mean, we're up to, uh, the last time I looked, it was, it was about 30,000 Palestinians in Gaza and a huge number of children. How can this go on? This is a moral catastrophe. Uh, and uh, every and Biden has made some efforts, he says, uh, to restrain Netanyahu, uh, but there's no real uh, calling out of Netanyahu. Right. Uh, and uh, and yet we just passed the United States just passed a bill which would give Israel uh, a lot of money. I know, and I have to say the number of amazing pieces of journalism that are coming out despite what they're up against and the number of journalists who have died and that number continues to go up on all sides. Um, whenever I hear um, the pieces or read the pieces about the physicians and the nurses and the frontline caregivers in the hospitals and trying to give health care, I mean, that's, I mean, it all hits so hard, but that one is just seems so unpalatable and so horrendous to listen to these. I mean, you hear the sounds of what's happening and you hear the stories of, you know, death in all the corners of the rooms. It's horrific. Well, I, I think the, the fact of the matter is it's, it's not only the hospitals. It's also that there are so many people who are on the verge or actually starving yep. right now because yep. food is not getting in uh, yeah. uh, to, uh, to Gaza. Uh, yeah. And a lot of the uh, people, the citizens of Gaza, the Palestinians who live there have been forced to move to the south. And now they're talking that the Israel is targeting the south. Uh, Israel has got to, you know, its, its own interest is yeah. not in becoming a worldwide pariah state. Uh, yeah. And that's what is beginning yeah. to happen. Yeah, beginning. I mean, yeah. Ugh, can we end? What else um, can we talk about? Can we do, oh, here's Tom Swosey one. So that was nice to see in terms of getting some new 
Democratic blood into D.C. Yes, it's interesting. Have you you, uh, actually listened to what the Republicans are saying as excuses for why they lost that special election? I mean, it's it's extraordinary. Yeah. (laughs) Give us some examples. I mean, they're saying, well, it was was a very bad candidate on the Republican side uh, or... You know, they, the 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 Democrats were you know lucked out, or the district mm-hmm. had many more Democrats, or it's New York, it's New York State, or yeah, it's, you know the whole thing. You could you could predict it, but the fact of the matter is, they were all saying that they were going to win, yeah. um, the Republicans. Uh, and besides that, it is a very interesting and important uh, bellwether because it is a working class district. Uh, and the working class, as we know, has been up for grabs. I mean, the, the Republicans have tried to claim the American working class. Uh, I think that uh, what this shows really is that the uh, the average independent, uh, a lot of Democrats, a lot of Republicans, they really uh, are, are so upset with the inability of Republicans, the Republican Party, to govern. And this is what it, This is what it comes down to. It's 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 mortifying and it's so inappropriate. I mean, come on, this is government. It's just I can't, I still find it unbelievable. Honestly, I know that might be naive, but I can't. Every time something new happens, I mean, it's just disgusting. In one, speaking of working class and speaking of Americans, you saw that President Biden is now on TikTok, which he had to do. I mean, he had to get on it because you know this, 170 million people in the US are on it. That is half of our population. Our population is 330 to 340 million, depending on how you slice it. Half of the US population. How much time do you spend on TikTok? Very little, thank you. I have a lot of, you know, foibles and problems and imperfections, but going on TikTok, it's not one. I mean, I go on for work, but that's really it. But my 11-year-old would go on it if he could. But you were not going to allow him to go on. I mean, I, I was expecting, uh, first of all, I was expecting uh, the president to be on TikTok long before now, uh, because this is the demographic young people that he's got to reach. Uh, but secondly, I was surprised that once he went on, there was not more criticism from Republicans about TikTok and being a, right. you know, a Chinese company right. or having uh, the Chinese having too much influence over right. TikTok. Well, right. And I think that's one of the main reasons Trump isn't on it and all, you know, his related or an overvalued organizations. Um, But yeah, so many people are on it. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I think it's smart to do. I read that the average age of the audience of TikTok is over the older than college. So well older than college. I don't know what that means. If it's 23, 24, you know, we don't get that much information about that company. But interesting to see. Yeah. It's a way to get to young people. He had to get on it. So um, we'll see how the content does. We're on it. We are. We are. We're on it. I know. Um, the final thing that I thought was funny from the week is that the word greedflation is now part of the dictionary, thanks to dictionary.com. And no, that is not a sponsorship. Now, wait a minute. The, the greedflation, which we all know means big monopolistic corporations able to raise their prices and have continued to raise their prices because they have so much market power responsible for some of the reason that even though inflation is coming down, prices are not coming down. Uh, But that term greedflation, the fact that it is now kind of semi-officially a word that we all semi-officially use, I think that's pretty indicative of something. I I mean, 
I can't think of that many other new economic words that have become uh, sort of dictionary words. Can you? I mean, I know. I'm not, yeah, it's Bidenomics made it. I'm not sure. But uh, reflation, it's good. But it's also interesting that, you know, the um, Consumer Price Index came out this past week. And uh, although there was a slight increase uh, over what was expected in the mm -hmm. Consumer Price Index, mm -hmm. uh, the fact of the matter is that most of the coverage in the mainstream media did not mention, as has been the fact over the last couple of years, has not mentioned huge monopolistic companies and their near record profits uh, driving what's left of inflation. Yep. You've mentioned it. <laughs> well, you've mentioned it. We mentioned it to each other. Elizabeth Warren has mentioned it. And uh, yeah. and Elizabeth Warren, but uh, but it, it really does need to be more widely understood. Yeah, but I'm it's, it's a promising. I like to see that. It's a good thing to see when there's not a lot of good stuff to see, as we've been talking about. Okay, well, I think I, I, we've got to we've got to come to a close here. But I think that if you look at what's happening this week, it's not all bad news, uh, particularly the political news. I mean, uh, Donald Trump is getting beat up in court over and over again. Uh, and uh, what we're seeing overall, I think, uh, particularly given that New York special election, uh, but also around the country, uh, there is not this wellspring, this, this great tsunami of interest in the Republican Party and in Donald Trump. In fact, if anything, I think people are running away from Trumpism. Yep. And the polar coaster will continue. Buckle up. We'll see what the polls hold after this latest. You know, I think I got that from Dan Pfeiffer or somebody. Well, everybody, uh, we have enjoyed being with you. And we hope, and Heather, I'm sure you join me, that you have a, a great week. We'll see you next Saturday.